Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to uh, yep. Red River Podcast, uh, deep in the quarantine. Uh, usually me and mm-hmm. Langan are together. Now the three of us are all on a phone together. Parker, Langan, holla. What up? Suzuki Samurai, you Bensonhurst piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. So we're, we decided... Let's do a deep dive on a movie that no one really likes. Uh, no one ever talks about, except for like, there's like a handful of us. Like, you know, when I posted that we were going to talk about it, some people were like, holy shit, that movie's so good. Um, so that is The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Uh, do you think we're the first podcast to ever like talk about this movie in, in length? You know, it's possible. <laughs> It's really not like out of the question, you know. Like I, I, I'll probably do a Google search after. We might be, yeah. we might be leading, we might be leading on this one. Uh, we could be pioneers. Yeah. So, nineteen ninety, this movie yeah. came out. Um, I don't remember what else <laughs> dropped on nineteen ninety, but uh, Parker, do you remember the first time you saw it? I don't actually. I mean, if, if it was 1990, figure I was in sixth grade. So this is, you know, just another one of those movies that I probably watched that I shouldn't have seen, you know, right up there with like hamburger and shit like that. But I, I mean, I definitely didn't see it in the theaters, obviously, if I was in sixth grade. So I probably just caught it on HBO, like in the middle of the night, like I used to. You, okay, so you didn't drag one of your parents to take you to go see this? No, no, they they definitely wouldn't have fucking gone for this. <laughs> <laughs> not enough mur- not no, not enough murder for your mom? Probably not, yeah. Definitely not enough horror and like well my father would have loved the language. That's about it, because they say like fuck like I think like seventy times in the movie or something. So Langan, do you remember the first time you saw it? First time you saw the movie. I saw it in the theater a couple of times. Me and my friends were big Dice fans. I remember seeing Dice at the on the uh what was it that uh Dangerfield Young Comedian special? Yep. When he first came out and I remember watching it with my my parents were in the room. We all watched it. Is that is that <laughs> where is that where, he, is that where he did the I can't eat marshmallows to make me sick? Like when he was doing like that. What was it? It was uh, Eric Roberts, uh, Al Pacino, and and uh, John Travolta like eating marshmallows. Like, no, they went camping. Is I don't that remember one? that bit, but the nursery rhymes, obviously. Okay. And I I couldn't. I remember laughing my ass off, but feeling bad that. My parents were in the room also, that kind of awkwardness. Yeah, it yeah. was so filthy. But me and my friends were all gassed up when this movie came out. So we saw it in the theater maybe like a couple of times. You know, the funny thing about like watching stuff like this with my parents is that they were such degenerates. Uh, that <laughs> they were probably fucked up or like, you know, fingering each other. Um, so it just wouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't even have mattered. Like they probably wouldn't even notice. Uh, we was... were all la- equally laughing, but just no one was like making eye contact with each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with Parker. I don't remember the first time I saw it, which is weird because I've seen the movie literally 
like 30 times in my whole life. Um, I do. Brian, are you there? Oh, yeah. No, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Technical difficulties today with the three of us. Uh, But yeah, what I remember for sure was when it came out, it was supposed to be like this big thing. You know, and, and, and the action movie, you know, like it was like uh, Die Hard had come out. Like all these things were like, I just knew that this movie was supposed to be like the shit. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember being old enough to know that it bombed. Um, I looked at the um, at the box office and the budget was 20 million and it made back twenty one point four. <laughs> just a little above breaking even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know who split that. That uh, and then I also remember that it, uh, the Razzies. You remember the Razzies? Yes, it so, did very well at the Razzies. <laughs> yeah. So the Razzies is basically like uh, the anti. Um, you know, it's like all the shitty movies. Um, so it won. What did it win here? Let me look. Um, it won the worst, worst, worst movie. Worst movie. Worst actor. <laughs> Worst actor for Andrew Dice Clay. Worst picture, Joel Silver. Uh, worst t- screenplay. Worst screenplay. <laughs> and Gilbert Gottfried, worst supporting actor. <laughs> and Wayne Newton as well. <laughs> Yo, it swept. Cleaned it cleaned up the Razzies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let, let, let's just... Uh, anything else? Let me see. Let me look real quick here. Um... Yeah, that's that's about it. it. It basically bombed, and I think a lot of people. This was at like the height of his popularity. I, um. So anyway, I figured you know I had a couple of questions, passed it around. Um. Because I think later in life, this movie really. Um. I, I don't know when it hit, but in the very beginning, I I remember my feelings towards the movie being that was that it was kind of like a, a letdown. I don't really know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I just did. It's not that good, really. Yeah, but at moments. Yeah, but later, it's a, it's a loosely strung collection of bits, like you know, strung together bits. Well, no, no, for sure, and and that that's 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 what you get when you cast a comedian, you know, Um, someone who's basically trying to like interject his 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 bits into this movie. But it was also um, based on a short story, like a short story series from like the uh, like seventies that somebody wrote. um, I was reading. Yes, I didn't know that. Yeah, me neither. But it makes sense, you know. Like you live in L.A. and and it's such a, you know, it it has that that Hollywood lore and. uh, you know, it's cool. Like what, what better job to basically, you know, if you're going to have, you know, instead of being like a normal cop or a normal detective, he's this, you know, celebrity rock and roll detective, um, you know, uh, uh, basically investigating the death of, uh, Vince Neil. Um, who knew that LA was so rife with music related crimes that you could carve out a niche just, uh, solving those. Yeah. Um, so the first question I asked everyone uh, right off the bat, of course, uh, let's talk about our two favorite characters from the movie. Uh, Parker, give me, give me your two favorite, uh, characters. Uh, probably Julie Grendel, who was Wayne Newton, who I think is fucking amazing in this. And, uh, Gilbert Gottfried is Johnny Crunch. I mean, he's in it for about uh, probably two minutes, the whole movie, but like, the, I mean, just the dialogue between him and Dice when he finally goes to the K-Dirt studio, you know, the first time from when he hires him 
and then he leaves and then he, you know, continues on with the, uh, with the radio broadcast. And then he has to go back to try and help the guy as he's getting pretty much electrocuted to death. And, uh, Wayne Newton, this is, you know, pre facelift, pre looking all fucking weird. Like he did, you know, he's got his little drawn on mustache in this movie, but, uh, I, th- I think he's fucking hysterical. And I thought he pretty played a great, uh, villain in this movie. Wasn't he also kind of like a villain in uh, uh, Vegas Vacation? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, technically, he was trying to steal, you know, Clark's wife, so I guess he was, you know, had that scumbag in a role going for him. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So, uh, Langan, give me your two favorite characters of the movie. Hands down, Johnny Crunch, because I'm a huge Hilbert guy. Um, big fan of his. It wasn't enough. Johnny Crunch actually needed more. Um, and I, I guess I'd say maybe Don Cle- Cleveland, Morris Day's little cameo. He was cool. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah, yeah. He was he... a couple of good gave him a couple of good uh jokes, good lines in there. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be, you know, that guy and I'm gonna say I think Ford. Ford Fairlane is my favorite character just because I, he gets to interject his stupid, like his stupidity. And listen, I I forget what a- Andrew Dice Clay's real name is. I think it's like Fred Silverstein or something. Um, something like that, yeah. Yeah, he like created this character. It's kind of like Larry the Cable Guy, basically. Um, where yeah. he, you know, and, and and I guess when you create a character, you're able to just kind of do it on steroids, you know. And it, his thing is just so. It's so funny, man. It's it's just like so perfect, and and like it's like when you do like Kenny Powers, like you you're the world is your oyster because you could be as yeah. terrible as you want as long as like people somewhat like you, uh, and and I think uh, uh, you know Andrew Dice Clay did a really good job of that in this film for sure, uh, and number two. <laughs> Lieutenant Anus, man, come on, <laughs> Ed O'Neill, man, like, and this was like the uh, definitely right. Married with Children's been out for a couple of years by this point, uh, uh-huh. and uh, you know when not when I was a kid, whenever I would see people uh, from TV in a movie, it just I don't know, it always like resonated with me. So you know, seeing like uh, Ed O'Neill in this, I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, you're, you're fucking Al Bundy and you're in this fucking movie and it's awesome. And he's just, uh, <laughs> every scene he's in, in this movie, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous, man. <laughs> I fucking love it so much, man. Uh, so those are my two favorites. And, uh, so let's do throwaways, which is funny. Cause I, I, I had one that, that Parker loves. So give me two characters that just really served no purpose in the movie or that you could have done without, uh, Parker. Uh, with me, it's definitely the kid. That fucking kid just like fucking annoys me, even though he's like trying to go after like, you know, supposedly Robert Englund, who's uh, who's smiley, who's his father. And then I guess uh, fucking Neil and Bob, because they're only in like the fucking one scene. You didn't even fucking need them, you know? Yeah. 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 That's that's good. And and I used to I used to do that. Like when I first heard that routine, I don't know why, like, you know, when you're like 10 or 11 or 12 and you hear is like Neil and Bob, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so funny. Neil and Bob. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't that, it doesn't age well because it's so stupid. But like, and, when, and that was right out of his stand up act. That, yes. Yeah, that yeah. Bit, yeah. He was waiting for like hecklers. And when he did Dice Man Cometh, he did that. He was like, oh, he's like. You know, people are like talking back. He's like, "What's your name, Neil?" And like, you could tell when he crowbars that shit. Uh, yeah. So you said you're two, right, Parker? 
Yeah, those are the, the two kid, that the, I would get the, fucking rid of. All right, the kid, Neil and Bob. Langan, who do you have? Um, Definitely the kid. That's a no-brainer. Uh, it was obviously just thrown in to have some kind of, like, you know, human connection where, like, Dice, let's show Dice is not a complete piece of shit person, kind of a bad person. <laughs> like, yep. got some interest in some kid, and it was just crowbarred in there and stupid. And, uh... uh I was on the fence on these ones. I was either going to say the koala bear. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? But I've come I come to like the koala bear. So I'm going to say the guy. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, Kyle Troy. How fucking. I mean, while funny, I just never understood. Like, this guy is clearly so tone deaf. Yeah. And singing a horrible song. And this was the I know it was like a sinister reason that he was like pushing this guy Wayne Newton but like no one would buy that or listen to that like he, he, at all I mean I I don't know I don't know what that actor like cuz he has nothing really listed on uh Wikipedia his name is Cody Jarrett um I don't know what he went on to do maybe like <laughs> I, I don't know he looked like a woman like he was just like he looked like Mark Slaughter's uh older sister you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm playing the role of uh, young Jamie here, and I'm on his IMDb page. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, let me know what he's got. He's produced some a lot of things in the uh, five or six things in the 2000s. Oh, okay. Uh, a movie called Frog Surfboards, a sequel, Get Frogged, behind the scenes of Frog. So I heard, I heard he sang backups on the last floor punch. <laughs> nice, love it. And a movie called Sugar Box. And box with two X's. So uh, whoa, I don't know what that's all about. Might be a adult adult phone actor now. You never know. <laughs> just partially, not triple X, just double. Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, okay. Just double. That means soft core for sure. So my two, I like everyone else. The kid, the kid is yeah. um, especially when you get to the end of the movie and you you realize that you're never gonna see his dad because his dad is dead, right? So I'm like, what is this like, you know, like whole character that you guys have in here that for the most part had nothing to do with anything? You know, you thought you were going to find the ring and maybe he was Robert Englund. Englund's like, oh, I killed him. You know, so you're just like, oh, all right. So then this kid is just doing whatever. Um, And then my apparently he didn't have a name either because he's listed as the kid as the kid. Um, He was actually um, what was the kid in? So the kid was. In Blind Fury, the year before, with Rutger Hauer. Oh, nice! And uh, for the boys with Bette Midler, and uh, great movie. A couple of other things, but yeah, Blind Fury. Um, yo, Amazon. No, for the boys. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a problem with Blind Fury? Rutger Hauer is a blind samurai. Uh, yo, Amazon Prime is good for like shit like that. You'll you'll end up like you okay. know. I watch like Runaway. I just watched Invasion USA today. <laughs> like. Oh, nice. Fucking Christmas movie right there. I, I had to pull it out early, man. I was like, I need to. I, yeah. I, I need to watch You want to get in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> That's it, man. When that, when that little fucker fucking throws the goddamn bubble gum on the truck and the fucking security guard goes after him. You little shit. <laughs> um, Joe Zito, man. Joe, like, I would love, like, we got to get Joe Zito on somehow. Oh, that'd be sick. Um, and then my my number two throwaway characters were the the two henchmen, like yeah, uh, you know, good one. They were just kind of like they like Robert Englund could have been those guys, 
You Dude, know, I can't. Should... I was thinking the exact same thing. He yeah, like, done all the dirty work. He, he could have done all the dirty. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like these two guys that uh, are just. I don't know. It, it was just funny when, when, like, when uh, after like the the the, the um, Kyle Troy thing, like uh, Ford sees them outside. He's like, "You guys in a group?" <laughs> it's like, "Yeah." What'd you call it? Uh, pain? He's like, "What do you say? Like kooky or something?" Like kooky. That? Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't. Yeah, they like, just insisted to throw Lauren Holly through a window or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like they they could have been just all England because he. You know, he's he was a star by then. Sure. Those are my two throwaways. Um, so let's do uh favorite cameos, Parker. Okay, cameo. Uh I mean, let's be honest. I gotta go fucking Randy Castillo fucking and Bobby Black's band fucking <laughs> banging those drums. Oh yeah. Banging those fucking drums, you know? Yeah, the black what black plague? Was Can you think it, of I a mean, generic like metal band name? <laughs> was that work? an actual? I don't remember. That is a a, a Motley Crue song, though, right? It was like yes, it was, yeah, it wasn't a yep. cover. Yeah, I'm no, no, that yeah. Worked out with the uh, financially, like that, the crew would all be. I don't know. I guess they didn't care, but Vince being it by himself, but I, you know, yeah, I guess it got paid. So. And I I know reading that uh, what's his name Stephen Piercy I guess they originally wanted for that role too. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because by by that what happened there? I don't know. I don't know. They were both equally big. You figure. So if the movie came out in ninety, they were probably shooting in eighty nine, and and at that point, like Motley Crue and Rat were definitely like the two giants of that uh, L A scene for sure. Yep. I mean, you you know, you talk about it now in, in 2020, obviously it sounds like Stephen Piercy. It's like, why would they get him? But back then, you know, he was he, he was up there. Um. So, OK, uh, Randy Castillo, what else, what else you got? Uh, I mean, Tone Loke, let's be honest, you know, of, of fucking blank check fame. You know, he was in it for uh, what was it for about two minutes? And then Sam the Sleazebag gets thrown off the fucking. Well, actually, technically, he jumps off the roof when Ford lets him go. When he's pretending to like chop his little pecker off with the uh, with the hedge clippers, and then he lands and like destroys the guy's whole uh, sound system, and then they beat the shit out of him again. So Randy Castillo and Tone Loke, those are my two. Okay, those are good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't know he he was in Blank Check really with Brian Bonsell. Yeah, yeah, he was in Blank Check. He was the uh, I, I guess technically he was like not the hitman, but I guess he was going after him when the guy first signed the check to him, like with without the amount. And uh, he was trying to get the check back the whole time. Um, you know my my girlfriend's in that too, Karen Duffy. Oh, so hot! Yeah, nice. yeah. Back then, so hot before Whitfield Crane ruined her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Langan, who who you got for two favorite cameos? I had to throw Black Plague in there as well. Uh, just uh, Randy Castillo, Phil Sushin, Carlos Cavazzo, Quiet Riot. There I, li- I, I like how 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 white you sound pronouncing those two Spanish names. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I got Randy Castillo and Carlos Cavazzo. It's <laughs> <laughs> that Matatuck in you. <laughs> yeah, man. And total redneck. And yeah. <laughs> um, obviously Vince Neil, you know, dying on stage there, which might have happened this if that. You know, if the pandemic didn't happen, it could have happened, you know, this last summer. Because he didn't look too good. Yeah. uh, (laughs) In that ridiculous outfit with, like, you know, the streamers hanging off it. And just, uh, I don't know, just funny. But uh, I had them. 
And uh, I had to shout out um, Pamela Adlon, who I loved for years uh, since I since Lucky Louie, and she's on. Um, I can't remember the show on uh, from FX, Better Things or whatnot. Uh, you guys know Pamela Adlon, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. I don't. Uh, she was one of the pussy cats who came to the door and actually had a couple of lines. She's very, very young in her career, though, so it wasn't much. But I was I forgot she was even in this film, like a lot of people that pop up on this. It was like it's very much a movie of its time, you know, grabbing, you know, any names, piling oh, in there. It's yes. like a 90, 90s Love Boat episode or something. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so my two, I would have done like Vince Neil. I'm watching Vince Neil, you know, but it, it was just so quick. And um, hey, the whole time I'm watching the, the intro, I'm thinking to myself, this guy was like on top of the world back then. And if he could see himself now, he would just be <laughs> like, what happened to me? What happened to me? Um, uh, all plastic surgery up and fucking fat. Um, so my two are number one, Tone Loke. Tone Loke, when I saw him on there, was great because um, the first two cassettes I bought ever were um, Hysteria. And uh, Tone Loke Loked After Dark. So I was a big fan of, <laughs> of, of that album. Uh, Loked After Dark was the shit. Uh, so seeing him. That on, album title just makes me laugh for some reason. I, I think Loked, it's ridiculous. Loked After Dark. <laughs> Yo, you saw, you saw Mike Malama corrected me. And he was so right because I was quoting Menace to Society on my wall. And I was uh-huh. like, hey, Kane Losta. And I was like, I don't know why I said Kane Losta. And he corrected me, and it was the first time he ever said something that I was like, you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lokesta. It was like, yo, what up, Kane Lokesta? Yeah, and I was. it's such a um, Cali lingo thing. And, uh, yeah, wow, he got me on that one. Shout out to Mike for having the worst hip. I, I, shout out to Mike Malama for thinking he likes hip-hop just because he likes De La Soul. <laughs> That's it. You know, it's like me oh, thinking. Okay. It's like me thinking I I know anything about hardcore because I like sick of it all. You know, it's like oh, I love hardcore and this is terrible. It's like no, you like De La Soul. That's it. Yeah, it's okay to say you know I really I'm just not that into hardcore. Yeah. Or I'm <laughs> not that into hip hop. Yeah, that's it. Just be like <laughs> I really like De La Soul and that's it. And just keep it. I like it. this, but not any of that. Yeah. Like you can't yeah. shit on Run the Jewels. That's just ridiculous. Uh, and my number two is Gilbert. Gilbert. Like, you know, he, he that was a cameo. He was in there for like a few, like, you know, a couple yeah, of minutes. Uh, and he is, he's just the best, man. He walks in and, and this was like serious Gilbert when he's doing his yeah. acting, you know. His normal voice, his, Gilbert. His normal voice. Uh, and Which is disturbing. It is. It's not, it's not the same, <laughs> but like you see him, like, like, what was that line you just said? It was so funny, Parker. Was it Sam? Oh, uh, friggin' Suzuki Samurai, you Bensonhurst piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, when he left him the message, he's like, is this the guy whose who's prom date I fucked? <laughs> he's like, I just can't. He lied, he lied about that, or at least I hope he did, because I took his sister to prom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like little things like that, you know, are yeah. funny, because it, it, you could tell, you know, he just threw that in there, and, and that's the, the beauty of having a comedian uh, in the movie. Oh yeah. Um now the main characters real quick. So starring, I'm looking at just the starring list here. Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> I mean, what what did his career I feel like 
his career took a turn after this movie. Like, don't you feel like it was like the be- I, be- You know what, though? I think it would have happened anyway because, I mean, look, I was I was into the dice thing as a teenager. It was a big shit. It was a, like, a, I mean, he was selling out arenas. It was a huge thing. But huge. he's not, I don't see him like a comedic mind, like a, like a, you know, like a Chappelle or a Carlin, like real timeless kind of intelligent. You you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was a character. It fit a niche. It was a moment in time. I don't think it was destined to to last. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was shit, you know? And uh, so, I, I mean, I think it might he might have dropped out that way anyway. But he, you know what? He, he is a good actor, though. He, uh, I mean, he was just in what was that film recently? This the Star is Born, where he played the father, Lady Gaga. That was great. Yeah, that was great. He he did that. He's got chops, you know. The Showtime thing was pretty good. Because when you think about it, too, like you know, the character of Dice was a he was acting, you know, in that way. He was an actor in his his stand up set. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, man. I, I. Yeah, it just like you said, he created a character. And and if you would have told him in the very beginning you would have been selling out MSG and all these places for a handful of years, uh, you know, get the, the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he did everything he could do, and and a lot, like now, um, I was watching the Dice Man cometh like not not too long ago because I sometimes I say shit. Like, what was I saying to Karen? Because Karen's like eight years younger; she doesn't know any of this shit. So I go hickory <laughs> hickory duck. <laughs> And it's just funny to me. Like, I don't have to say the rest of it. And she's just right. like, what the fuck is that? And I put it on. <laughs> I, just, I just start laughing. Georgie Porgy sitting in pie. <laughs> you know, and now I laugh at it because I think it's st- stupid. Like, yeah. you know, before I laughed at it, like like when I was 10, because I, I maybe just the it the. It was so ridiculous. It was and so like, dirty. Yeah, it was so dirty. That's what it was. Um, yeah. Now that I <laughs> listen to it, it just <laughs> I look at the audience and I'm just like, these fucking coke-sniffing wife beaters. Like, <laughs> every single one. Of, you know, I like to see the, the, the arrest record on every single one of these people in that audience. Yeah, if you're, if you're really into dice still, like, yeah. uh, you know... There's something up with you. There's something wrong <laughs> There's with you. There's something wrong with you. Um, so, you know, second billing was given to uh, Wayne Newton. I don't know much about Wayne Newton. He seems like a fucking herb. What's his... He's a singer? <laughs> Someone fill me in on this guy. Singer. Ba- big Vegas. Uh, been in Vegas, I think, forever. Is he Don Quixote? Like, yeah. Longest running shows in Vegas, I think. Is he Don Quixote? Yes. Okay. That's him. Yeah. Definitely doesn't write music, I guarantee you. Um, he was just one of those people. Like, there's a whole bunch of them, like the Bobby Vinton and all these kind of like guys that didn't really sing that well. They kind of the crooner crap. Like, you know, none of the crooners were good singers. Isn't it funny uh, when you listen to old people talk about like, oh man, back in my day, back in my, and I'm thinking like, back in your day, what? Like, this shit would have been on fucking America. He would have been on America's Got Talent today. And he would have won, and like you know what I'm saying, like what did like Wayne Newton, like what is his talent besides singing? I guess maybe you know, like I don't know. Basically, you know what? Fuck old people is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, Ageist. Yeah. All right. Take that, COVID. Uh, Pris- Priscilla Presley is the next on the list. Uh, I mean, how did she make it in this movie? 
She only did this movie and Naked Gun, if, right? Like, I was about to. I was about to say she probably got this probably because of Naked Gun. Yeah. 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 I think that's all she did. You know, besides fuck Elvis. You know. <laughs> yeah. That worked out. <laughs> at right. fifteen or was it thirteen? Something right? like that. Wasn't she like so like you know like these people? Uh, Times yeah. were different then, Sam. Yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis was like banging his 15 year old cousin, I think. Yeah, I don't want to hear anyone talk about anyone today if, if, if you're not going to shit on Elvis. Um, <laughs> and then that brings us to Robert Englund, of course. Mm-hmm. So by 89, jeez, uh, what had come out? What was the last uh, Friday? Well, remember that uh, the director that did this did Nightmare on Elm Street 4, so he got this right afterwards. Yes. Mm. Okay. So the director. Yeah. 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 That's what it. Uh, Rennie Renly Rennie Harlan. Uh, right. So I guess this dude was like a he he directed this movie, but he's a director, producer, screenwriter. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Four is in the credits. Uh, the Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Die Hard Two, which came out the same year, and I feel like mm-hmm. I hated that movie when it came out, but I I think as it as time went on, it got good, and then uh, I think Die Hard Three is amazing. Did you guys like Die Hard Two? I don't even remember it. Yeah, it, I know it's been a, it's been a really long time. I remember the t- majority took place at like an airport, yeah, right? It's yeah. been a long time since I've seen that. I mean, I love the I love the original. The original is in my top ten of all time, but uh, I definitely need to go back and like check out that franchise again. No, you don't need to. It's all right. Don't watch the remake. Watch <laughs> uh, cliffhanger. Oh God, I can imagine cliffhanger. Oh, cliff cliffhanger. There you go. He's uh, this guy's got some great credits. So. Shout out to to the director. To uh, did he do uh, Hudson Hawk too? Nah, he did. Uh, what was that Re- Richard Grieco movie? What if looks could kill? Yes, he. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Fucking great movie right there, starring Eddie White. <laughs> Eddie White. Um, <laughs> and then going let- back to Robert England though, too. I think that wasn't. I think I read that um, that was supposed to be Billy Idol. Yes. Yep. And he got hurt in that motorcycle accident. And uh, I think through the connection with the Nightmare on Elm Street thing and blah, 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 that's they go to Robert Englund. Well, all right. So l- let's take it there. Let's take it to Billy Idol. Let's take it to the soundtrack, which I didn't even really remember. And then Cradle of Love. Yeah. Cradle of Love was fucking huge, like huge. If you were watching MTV in 8990, that video was all over the fucking place. Um, I think yep. it, it was a huge resurgence for Billy Idol. Um, and it's funny because it was it's such a such a big song and and the movie bombed. So I don't really know any other case that you could think of that where that has happened. A big song with a bomb movie. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Judgment Night, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shout out to 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 the producer and the maker of that who started following us on Instagram. Happy Walters. Sack. He's oh, listening, yeah. he's listening now. Big fan. Big fan already. <laughs> um. So let's talk uh, the rest of the soundtrack. I have a uh, number one, uh, which was Cradle of Love on the soundtrack. Uh, the second song is by Dion. Do we know who Dion is? I don't know. If I could... He's like an old one of those fifties singers too. I think he did. Um, what was his big hit? Was that Run Around Sue? I think that was him. Okay. Yeah. So We're talking like fifties but... shit. Then we got a uh, freaky attitude by Shee Lee, who is also a, nice a cameo up in there. He was fine. Um, glad to be alive. Lisa Fletcher and Teddy Pendergrass. That's like the most random track yet. 
Good old Teddy. Pendergrass. I don't even remember that in the movie. Me neither. A couple of uh, these I don't even remember in the movie. Tone Loke, Loke Daf, uh, Loke Daf, Tone Loke can't get enough. Motley Crue, Rock and Roll Junkie, which later on ended up in uh, Decade of Decadence. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a song I'm going to talk about soon. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay doing "I Ain't Got You." Queensrÿche, "Last Time in Paris." I don't even remember. Wow. That. Right? I, I don't remember that. But it, it's supposedly it must have been one of those things they use like a couple of seconds of or something like that. Uh, Yellow does a song called "Unbelievable," which makes no sense. I don't know who the fuck that is. Uh, and the last song on the soundtrack, Richie Sambora doing "The Wind Cries Mary." I'm upset that the song from the uh, from the party when they were like carving up the shark meat didn't make it. The the guy that was singing "Some there the high roads, I take the low roads." That that fucking like horrible band that they had fucking over there. <laughs> he might have made like the seven inch, like the split seven inch with floor punch, maybe like the Japanese import. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Richie Sambora, the Wind Cries Mary. I think that was at the very end, if I remember. Um, blah blah blah. When when uh, you know the 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 Ford Fairlane and Wayne Newton. Uh, standoff. So that covers the soundtrack. That covers the cast. Um, that brings us to the meat and potatoes here, uh, which are basically the um, favorite scenes and favorite quotes. So uh, w- let's do let's do our favorite quotes first. Uh, five favorite quotes. Give me number five, Parker. Uh, <laughs> probably still one of my favorite quotes is right after he gets, uh, when he first gets the money from, uh, from Gilbert Godfrey, when he's leaving his, uh, his office and he's kind of doing that little skip cause he just got all that money and he goes money, money, money. And he does like the, the typical, <laughs> yeah. he does the typical dice noise. But if you fucking look like closely, he's like, no, it's, it's, it's clearly overdubbed, but I still fucking laugh. Every time, because he does the for like thirty seconds. Yes, I love that. Number five, Langan. Um, you know what's funny too? Because I, I refreshing my memory, I'm watching like this YouTube clips, like seven minutes of all like the, you know, the choice quotes and and scenes and stuff, and uh, and you watch them, and they cut them all together, all these one liners, and after every one of them, he's like, oh, and then when you watch them one after another. <laughs> It sounds ridiculous, man. I wish someone made a super cut of just all his sound effects. <laughs> you know what I've been saying a lot lately, which has nothing to do with anything, but I've been watching, you know, I, I saw Creep Show 2 twice, you know, because it, it was just randomly on. And uh, right. where like uh, Sam, you know, and, and Chief Woodenhead goes, it's like one old, no, what? Don't move. I'm going to blow off your old man's Ogo BGs or something. Like, what is he saying? <laughs> I'm going to blow off your old man's Ogo BGs. I'm like, what? That's amazing. It's <laughs> amazing. I'm like, bro, you ain't even Indian, bro. Stop. Mm-hmm. Um, laying a number five. Uh, yeah, but my number five, I guess I'll go with uh, the very end before the credits where the they're all chilling on the beach chairs and what you really didn't think we'd kill the fucking koala bear did you yes <laughs> i love that that i took that one off my list but yeah that's a good one uh so i like i'm gonna take it to the very beginning where he's talking to the kid and it's something that i really identified with because i had an uncle who would curse all the time but he didn't like you to curse and uh, he was just like, the kid's like, I, 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 he must have cursed in front of him. I forget what it was. And he's like, excuse me? You used the F word one more fucking time. I'm going to bounce you right the fuck out of here. You get me? <laughs> now get the fuck out. You're like, he just fucking says this. And it was just the funniest shit because 
I, I maybe just because I related to it. Like I said, I had an uncle who would curse all the time, but like he would hate when you would curse, and we'd be like, "What is that? Like, like don't fucking curse in front of me. I'll fuck it." Like, so <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah. One, if you say the f word one more time, I'm gonna bounce you right the fuck out of here. Uh, his relationship with the kid, <laughs> big big part of the movie for sure. I love that you mentioned that because I guess it was kind of to like. So like to give to soften him, kind of. It had to be. It had. You got to give him a love interest and something else, because otherwise, you know, he's kind of a, a shitty person. Yeah, because he didn't even finish the arc, and he know. still was even with the kid. Yeah, he didn't finish. Like I, I guess at the end, like he ends up with the kid, but you would imagine yeah, that he would, you would like he would have found the kid, like the dad, and it would have been like someone <clears throat> random. They you know, went there. Yeah. Um. But okay, give me your number four quote. Lang- uh, Parker. Uh, number four, I got to go with my hair, my hair, yes. which that scene just fucking cracks me up. I mean, so the three of them fall off the Capitol Records building and like Robert Englund's screaming. There's like a 360 pan going and Zuzu Petals is doing the same thing. And then you just got like this zoom up to fucking dice and he's just standing. There, he's just like you know, calm as can be. My hair, my hair. And I have the same thing. I laugh every fucking time. <laughs> That's a good one. That's my number one, actually. <laughs> I love it. Just the way that it's spinning around and stuff. For some, it's it, yeah, it's a simple joke, but it it kills me. And was that from he's he's doing the uh, Travolta from uh, My. Uh, Saturday Night Fever one, um, which he would do impressions of. Like I told you in, in his stand up, yep. he was very good. So all right, so that'll be your number one. Uh, so my be. my number four um, is every single fuck. I, you guys probably have this just because it's so repetitive towards the whole movie. But hit Pater mm-hmm. with Cater. Um, mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where, like, I say that all the time. <laughs> no one gets it unless they've seen the movie. But right. I just say, I'm like, hit Pater. Like, if I pick up, like, no, but it's just so, it's such a, I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. Like, you know, 30 years later that I'm still saying hit Pater with Cater. <laughs> and it reminded me of like the um the 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 the, the parts in like uh, one crazy summer with that uncle that was trying to win that radio contest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hit Pater with Cater, man. So good. Uh what's you got that on your list too? Part I don't of? have that one. No, I don't have that one. Okay, go ahead. So give me your number three. So number three is uh, it's a longer line, but it's when he's on the uh, it's when he's on the <laughs> when he's on the boat after he finds the uh, the Colleen Sutton videotape, um, and he goes, and, uh, you know, when she when he's impersonating her, and he's, you know, I'm very rich, nothing offends me. I mean, no shit, honey, you got a whip sticking out of your ass and a guy that's fucking barking at you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a good one. I love it. Uh, what was the name of the boat? I forgot. Was it some, the Mighty Penis? Is that what yeah, it was? Okay, yeah, it was something yeah. like that. Maybe the Mighty yeah. Pardon or something. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Langan, give me your uh, next. Um, I'll go with uh, the in the beginning when he's sitting on the beach, you know, reflecting pensive, doing the uh, intro and yep. speaks of that. It's a throwaway line, but it always made me laugh about the music industry sucking his Dick Tracy. I, I, yo, me too. Like that, I don't have that on my list, but like it, Little things like that. There were certain scenes where um, I forget what else he said, man. Um, there was a couple of, of those where it was just so, oh, maybe like we're all going to be shitting Miatas was like another one. Like it's, it's just that's like, actually that's actually tied for my number five <laughs> deadline. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, all right. So my next one is uh, when Priscilla Presley comes over 
and he's such a degenerate like poon hound and he's got a boner and she's just like <laughs> at it he's like ah, don't worry he's like he's out, he's usually up <laughs> he's usually up a half hour before i am he's like look <laughs> he's like Roseanne Barr naked gone yeah and, and, then she, <laughs> and then she's like stanley and this is something that i used a lot like as a kid going to high school i thought it was the funniest thing cuz he called his dick stanley and he's like you know like the power drill like <laughs> it was just so stupid but so yeah. like i don't know just like little things like that that definitely didn't age well like i th- i can't imagine being 42 and saying that right now but <laughs> it was built for a juvenile audience it know? was and we were yeah and we we ate yeah. i was fucking you know 12 watching it and yeah. this guy's talking about right. stanley oh, stanley the power drill uh <laughs> give me another one parker oh man so this one i i definitely use this one still to this day and it's, conversation with zuzu pedals was like masturbating with a cheese grater slightly amusing but mostly painful yep i i that <laughs> that one was uh, i used to steal that all the time it was just yeah yeah and there was something so funny about that it was just so true yeah. and i yo. Know, you know, you know, back then when you would like steal jokes and make them your own, I'm like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that was it. Uh, laying in anything else, um, when they're at, on the Capitol, uh, Capitol Records building and Zuzu's hanging there, and he's like, it's it's all right, if you fall, I'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a go on. Um, I think me and me and Parker probably have the same number one, so I will skip that one and I'm just gonna go to. Anytime England was on, he would say, hello, hello. <laughs> and it was just, you know. Before Baba Booey. Yeah, it was just, yeah, yeah before, you know. Um, he did it all through throughout the movie, and I, every time he did it, I just, I loved it. I don't know why he had, like, a Australian accent or whatever. It really didn't serve any purpose whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? It wasn't like, it wasn't like part of the plot unless you know i know i was australian but unless maybe if they had billy idol in mind for the role already that, that they were oh, hard up on yeah. an accent in that role you're I right you're right yeah yeah maybe so yeah well i mean i guess maybe it was british i don't know yeah uh so give me give me your number one parker so, so, like I said, I had these two tied. So it was I almost shit a Miata, which we had mentioned or, or, already. And then the other one was uh, when fucking England falls off the Capitol Records building. And then he goes, say hello to Liberace, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Liberace catching shrapnel. That's it, you know? Um, Langan. Uh, um, this is a tie because they're about the same line, just interjecting different people in it. But. Clint Eastwood, I fucked him. Yeah, yeah. Or Robin Leach. Yeah, he also yeah. used in another point. <laughs> it makes no sense the joke. No, but the, you, yeah. So he would do that in the stand-up. So it was always like your mother, I fucked her, or whoever. Yeah, right. Uh, so my number one is man. I thought someone was gonna pick it. So many assholes, so few bullets. Oh, there you go. Nice. You know, when uh, the very beginning, I just thought that was such a great line. And it's, uh, you know, Charles Bronson could have stolen that, you know. (laughs) Uh, So then now we're going to pick three of our favorite scenes from the movie. Um, So wrapping up. Oh, (laughs) perfect. (laughs) Wrapping up soon. So here we go. Uh, Give me your number three favorite scene from the Ford Fairlane movie, Parker. 
So um, the boat scene once again, where he where he's trying to track down uh, clues on the mighty penis, and then he finds you know finds the videotape of you know Gilbert Gottfried and her. You know he's whipping her, and then you know the infamous scene where he opens up the um, the mirror, and then that's when you see Robert England for the first time with the first hello hello. And I love that he just shuts the mirror and just stands there like the fucking guy's gonna like go away or something because he shut the shut the uh, the mirror on him. And then he, uh, you know, knocks the mirror open and then proceeds to fight. And then he rips off a shotgun rack with three different pump action shotguns and uses all of them, which is pretty great. Yes, I love that. I love that. That was great. Where he closes it and he's just like, wait a minute. He's like, I don't know what I, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I, don't know what I just saw, but it can't be real. Yeah. Uh, laying in, give me one. Uh, I'd probably go with the, the early nightclub scene where they're introducing the character. That's, and he that's yeah. That's more. <laughs> Hey, and the girls are coming on to him, and he lays on all his uh, his lines when they're introducing the character. That is that is on my list. That that's my number three. Um, I I just thought it was great. It was it was probably the time that he got to be as dice as he wanted to be. Um, yes. He walks in. Uh, the girl smacks him, and he's like another satisfied customer. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Uh, I guess he sees everyone, right? He sees Neil and Bob. Um, yep. Then he does the. Um, he sees like the. What's the guy? Um, hold on, the uh, David Patrick Kelly or something. Um, he's the dude from the Warriors, and then also in um in Commando. Yeah, the sleaze bag. Yeah, yeah, Sam. And then in fucking in Commando, of course, too. Um, yep. And then he's Sully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and for some reason, this fucking like poor bartender has to like give him some like shake that he literally takes like the smallest sip out of ever and he fucking <laughs> like, yeah he didn't even like savor it and he, like he didn't even go back for a second sip or whatever no, and he and basically told the guy that it wasn't that great yeah like it was just like yeah it's like you know you're getting closer but oh, that, i don't even know if he left him a tip i'll be honest i didn't, I didn't see a tip no <laughs> that whole thing was just great the whole beginning uh yeah. really big introduction to to that quote to him like you know the 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 one stu- the, the one thing about about these action movies that I love is just how brazen um, these detectives and cops are, um, where they just shoot guns in, in these clubs and they, they don't care. So, so this this guy's like like the liability factor in in, in this stuff. Like, like, he like pulls out a gun, like shoots like the fucking like the the disco ball, and the same thing was happening. I was watching when I was watching you Invasion USA. I'm like, yo, Chuck Norris. Just drove his fucking truck through the mall. Had no, through a shopping mall, yeah. Had no idea who was possibly there, and he just starts like unloading rounds, you know, to kill bad guys. But I'm thinking, like, if this was the real world, you would have murdered at least thirty people, thirty normal people, and two bad guys. That would have been the. Town. It was a different time, man. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Shit in the '80s. Yeah. Um. So give me uh your second favorite scene, Parker. Uh, second favorite is when they're actually when they're in the studio with Kyle Troy, because that's kind of what sets up uh, when you meet Wayne Newton for the first time, how he's talking about how, you know, how shitty Kyle Troy is as a singer and who would put him out and yada, yada. And then Morris Day is trying to kind of signal to him that like, hey, like, even though you can't see him, there's somebody sitting over here. And then the light, you know, uh, shines on and then he comes over and pretty much just tells him, you know, if you can't say anything nice, just, you know, make sure that nobody's in the fucking room. And I think that that just set up the entire fucking, you know, hatred of the movie between Dice and Wayne Newton. Okay. Uh, number two, Langan. Uh, 
probably the the hearse uh, scene, the dueling hearses there with Robert Englund and and Dice. <laughs> his interaction with the corpse uh, when she fall, when her head falls on his lap and he's like, eh, "You're not thinking about it." Yeah. Um, <laughs> That whole shit, that, that whole, all the lines he has. I hope you filled out your organ donor cards. That that whole, there was a lot of good, uh, a, lot, a lot of good stuff in there. Lines in that, but how? No, no explanation though. At the end, when she comes to life, nah, nah, no, no idea. It was just a, a way. Starts talking. She's a dead. Nah. And somehow she regenerates herself, and uh, you know we move on. I think. What, <laughs> I, I think what it is is like uh, just like in 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 the uh, bar scene when he walks in. Um, they they almost like wink at the camera where she's like he's like oh my number is five 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 whatever yeah yeah and, she, and she's right. she's just like that's not that that's the number they give out in movies she's like what yeah. do you think this is real life honey you know and, <laughs> and I think a lot of that carries into like a lot of these situations you know where you're no just doubt. like just like the koala at the end it's like you didn't yeah. think we'd kill the koala uh, right. so yeah. my my second is also the the Kyle Troy thing um, this is a song. That that dice sings that um, I could sing in my head like it's it's really catchy it's really well done uh, I know my brother would always do it when we were younger you know I got chicks all around me bam, bam, <laughs> but I ain't got you Doo-doo-doo. like it's got that it, it it was such a great song such a great scene uh, and he like herbed Kyle Troy so hard and do you uh, think like like they wrote that that was written by the writer or dice was like i want to showcase this is my movie and i want to like i think he showcased. showcased yeah you know like yeah crowbar in me singing a song somehow i i like, think i yeah i think it's it's his vehicle where i act like elvis but yeah this was his vehicle because in an alternate planet this was supposed to be the one that took him to the next level like this movie was supposed to make 200 million and he was going to mm-hmm. be like the rock you know before the rock he was probably trying to work in like he thought he was going to get some like Bruce Willis as Bruno. Uh, yeah. The harmonica album. Fucking yeah. Ah, got his that. fucking his album after this movie blows up. Then I got to cut the album, you know, then we'll. Yeah. Uh, everybody's going to be clamoring for this like 50 song in 1990. <laughs> I, I was watching speaking of Bruce Willis, uh, you know, it's amazing. You know, streaming services make it so people could work. For a living, okay. So these guys that are used to getting their twenty million a, a picture now, you know, they seem to make ten movies a year that probably pay them two million. You know, so right. I, I'm looking at this like movie called Hard Kill, I think, with Bruce Willis. I put it on. I'm like, what? This is it, it's on Netflix. It's so bad. I I lasted like <laughs> twenty. Like I'm like this. Who made this? Like I thought. I thought it, it just. It was so bad. Like he probably yeah. just was like, "All right, I'll be in this movie for twenty minutes if you pay me two million dollars." That's it, yeah, just a paycheck, you know? Yeah, because it's just the way you know he's doing like a like you know, uh, what, what's that? Uh, Nicholas Cage, like these guys, like Ving Rhames, like all these dudes. You go to their IMDb and you're like, "How did he make thirty movies this month?" You know? Yeah, yeah. Nicholas Cage is crazy with that. Yeah. Once he got in tax, I think he got in tax trouble. He started doing that, uh, but Nicholas Cage will still like you know show up in some pretty interesting ones here and there like you know well uh, he's in or whatnot you he's, know he's in he's in color out of space for our or for our year-end episode yeah i'm, I'm gonna talk about that movie because it's it's on my uh favorite movies of the year for sure 
Um, okay, so Langan, give me your last one. Uh, probably the whole Capitol Records uh, scene. Just the typical, you know, I know this was 1990, but, you know, uh, as far as the 80s vein of action movies, some, like, overdone scene where they probably could have shot anywhere, but the, you know, they got to get a helicopter shot on top of that. But that whole that whole action scene, uh, I would rank my number one. Yeah, the Capitol building, for sure, uh, big deal. Yeah, it's iconic to the L.A. skyline. It's like one of the, you know. And it and it's and it, it's funny to think of um you know the Wayne Newton character um to be such an evil record exec um you know in a time like now where like you know those 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 uh, positions don't even exist anymore because of of guys like that. You know what I loved about the whole um his whole scheme and stuff that they had. You know, this always happens with like a with this with the super villain in a movie. Like he's got three CDs that you have to have them all together to yep. code. That's gonna you you he listed all the bad shit he was doing. <laughs> like and, why would you even list it? Yeah, but it's on these three CDs, and we have to get <laughs> them all together. You know, it's like when James Bond's got the villain's got James Bond across his desk, and he's got this intricate. I know. Crap on how to kill them when he could have just take out a gun and shoot them. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know that's part of the movie. That's part of the movie <laughs> for sure. Um, so what was your number one, Parker? My number one is the fucking the Catered building again. Like I said, like that that reunion with Johnny Crunch the first time. Um, an- another line that I do love when he's leaving him that voicemail to meet him there is he goes, uh, he goes, now I got a case for you. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Is it a leather case or is it a metal case? Now it's just a regular case. <laughs> so good. They, they probably, yeah, you know, what good. I love is like those two guys definitely shot 30 of those scenes and they probably kept the, the funniest one. I could only imagine yeah. the ad libs. I think Dice came to not like Gilbert over time. I feel, I like, feel like I could I, be wrong, but remember when he when he did Stern and he would do Dice Godfrey, yeah, and oh, overdo, yeah, everything like oh, oh, like all that shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not cool. Well, well, the funny thing about Gilbert is that people never understand is that that's his whole, he his whole thing is overdoing everything. Just when you think he shouldn't, <laughs> when you think he shouldn't say anything else, that's when he's going to say it thirty more times. He's easily one of the most fearless <laughs> oh, comics. He doesn't ever. care. He, does he doesn't he... give a fuck about any, like it losing rooms. No. Like he'll dig in his <laughs> he heels totally and will. make sure he runs the whole room. Yeah. Like he doesn't give a fuck. And that's I, why I always love him. You know? I laugh. I laugh when he laughs, even if it's not funny. Like when they would do the news on, on Stern and him and like uh Artie would drop like you know the n word like just everything that you're not supposed to say and i would just laugh because i'm thinking like these guys are out of their fucking mind right now (laughs) cool can you hear me i hear you okay cool so uh, i'll just go through my last favorite scene everything's still good right uh it's teetering on doing it again but let's see what happens okay yeah because i mean i could hear everything fine Uh, so my number one is, uh, just when he makes it to that sorority, uh, (laughs) I think it's like the most ridiculous, uh, I think it's like one of the, the indulgence, uh, things like it was almost like the eighties, like the very tail end of it. Um, everything about it, like girls eating hot dogs, (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> girls blowing bubbles, uh, girls playing Twister. It was like uh, yeah. just the most ridiculous fucking scene for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Yes, that's what all girls do when they get together when guys aren't around. They play Twister and blow bubbles. All the time. Um, yeah, and I just I just thought that that was like the funniest scene because it's... It's a movie based on a character that's just ridiculous. You know, it's almost yeah. like it's almost like watching Borat, knowing that you're going to get something that's just ridiculous. Uh, the yeah. di- the Dice Man is just this, you know, caricature, and that's what the movie is. Which brings me to the last question, um, <clears throat> because I I have an answer for myself. But how did this movie age for you, Parker? I mean, I still fucking laugh my ass off at it, so I, I guess it aged all right. I mean, I, I really don't know how else to answer that. I mean, I, I watched it. Uh, I actually watched it this morning, and I still fucking laughed at I don't know ninety percent of the movie. So I still fucking find it hysterical. Langan, when I just watched it the other night, it was the first time I'd watched it since it had come out, and uh, I don't know if it, I mean it's it's one of those time capsule movies. It's this is like the end of the. L.A. rock decadence pre-Nirvana about to drop. It's the tail end of that whole that whole vibe. I mean, I don't. I get a nostalgia kick out of it, um, you know, watching it. But um, I think if you showed it to somebody, like you know, like how you play movies for your girlfriend, Sam, like I don't see anybody like enjoying this that didn't come up in that uh, that doesn't have a nostalgic connection to it. You know? Yeah, yeah, I I could see that. Um, when I when I first saw it, like I said, I f- I felt very disappointed by it, but I was like, I don't know, maybe I don't really know what it was. Maybe at twelve, I wanted more violence. I wasn't really too. Some jokes probably missed me, but as I got older, and every time I rewatched it, uh, it's a movie that I lo- I love. Like I'm I'm with Parker. Like I'm laughing like like you know a slow child. Uh, staring at the TV um, every time. <laughs> I'm still laughing at the same things. I, I don't know what it is. It's so. I watched it this morning, and uh, you know, he is telling his boner that Roseanne Barr naked, and you know, and <laughs> it's just so stupid. I don't know. Like I'm maybe I'm an yeah. idiot. I just so you know, I'm like watching it, and it aged well for me. But I'm also gonna go with what Langan said. If you don't have that attachment to it. I don't think you're going to watch this for the first time um, at like, you know, 40 years old, 30, 30 or 40 and be like, oh, that that was great. I think he'd shut it off. Like, I think <laughs> <it> was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't see that person getting through this, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and and you know what it is, too? This movie was meant to um, it was meant to be a blockbuster. So when something is is a blockbuster that's bad, you're going to have a bad reaction to it. When we're talking about Samurai Cop, like we're talking about, you know, before, certain movies are just so bad that you're like, oh, well, this is just, this isn't meant to be good. So it's okay to just be like, oh, this is so terrible that I need to watch it. So um, that's the difference is like, this was, this was, you can tell they had high hopes for it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like just the people attached to it. Um, Fun little fact, though, it did enjoy a lot of success in post-communist Hungary, I read. <laughs> we, you know, you know, in bands like, well, we're big in Japan, like that kind of a thing. But uh, uh, I guess apparently there was a lot of pirated dub versions of it widely circulating in their VHS market. And uh, the, whoever did the dub is a very well-known like uh, musician. 
in Hungary. So and it got and they put extra profanity in it, <laughs> and it became a huge film with the youth of Hungary and uh, Norway and Spain actually. So while it didn't find its home here, <laughs> I'm just picturing- you know when those those post you know when they picked up their Yankee blue jeans and their their uh, <laughs> their Ford Fairlane DVD. I'm just picturing this like you know a culture. Of you know, like he goes over there, and I mean, he's he's bald now and looks really weird. He has the, he has the like the uh, uh, the old lady glasses, but uh, you know, <laughs> back then if, you, if, if, if he went over there, you know, he he could have started something. Uh, you know, like they they look at him the way like you know Hasselhoff is in Germany. They're like, man, that's this, what I was just gonna say. Yeah, yeah the, the the where I got this, it says several lines of dialogue from the film became ingrained in the slang of Hungarian urban youth culture throughout the nineties. Booty time. So he had a big effect. Yeah, booty time for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would love, I would have loved to have seen a sequel, but that never happened. So you know, now we get to live in this nineteen ninety time capsule. And uh, I would have loved, you know, we always talk about now, you know, after Cobra Kai, um, you know, movies that would get like, you know, not movies, but characters that should get a treatment. Like, it would be that funny, show. you know, <laughs> wouldn't it? Be, it would be funny to like see. It would make a good short, like a 10 minute uh, short. Right there. Well, like, like, but I'm saying like Dice is still alive and he'd be like, oh, you know, he yeah. could carry on. He could do 10 episodes for fucking Netflix under Ford Fairlane as to like what happened. How old the koala is now? Uh, oh, and Lauren, <laughs> Lauren Holly, yeah, she's I, great. Man. I don't think Netflix is going to make that one. Maybe Tubi. <laughs> Maybe they might production <laughs> market or yeah, something. Tubi is. You got to aim low. Do you have Tubi, Parker? I do. Okay, I mean, what a fucking. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, a Vimeo original series. <laughs> yeah. Is a Ford Fairlane and the koala. I actually finally watched. Uh, you know, I never really deep dove into the uh, into the zombie movies like the Fulci ones. And holy fuck, man, I watched uh, not the bird one because the bird is what, five? I think zombie five. So I think I was watching zombie four. And oh, my God, what a fucking piece of shit that was. I heard three was good, though. Yeah, I, I don't think they had three. I think they either had four and five, but I went to four and it was fucking horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's a hell of a service, though. That too, I mean, it's yeah. been aces to me. This uh, whole 2020 finding some real deep cuts in there. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got to dig uh, for sure. I watched the movie. It's, the- it's like you said. It's like going to a video store. You're walking yeah. through. You grab it. Yep. Box, you know, is this going to be good? Is it not? I don't know. Don't cost nothing. I got to watch uh, that that freaky movie today too, as well. That's on my list. But uh, cool, man. You know, this was uh, definitely not the the type of deep dive that I wanted to do with everyone separated. But you know, I guess uh, I guess COVID nineteen happens, or is that what it is? I don't even know. Corona. We're in its second wave up here. So yeah, so it's just you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, the other day I was listening to Stern and he had Billy Corgan on, and the phone dropped. <laughs> And I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, oh, no, I don't feel so bad, you know, like dude, everyone's. It happens <laughs> to everybody. Yeah, it know? happens to everyone. Yeah, because like Billy's like, I can't hear you. Oh, I can hear you. I, I can't hear you. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so um, the, the yeah. next episode will be us talking about our favorite things of 2020. 
and uh, it'll be cool. We do it every year, and uh, that's about I'm it. I'm looking forward to being done with making this list because I, I put way too much thought into it. I It gives me anxiety because there was like <laughs> 40 great hip-hop albums this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even know. I want to make sure I mention anything I like. It's, it's, there's a lot of good shit in a fucked-up year. A lot of good stuff, Keep us entertained. Yeah, yeah a lot. You know? I, I saw... I saw so much good stuff. Um, you know, I know I keep talking about that show. You are the worst, but man, five years old and like I here I am like w- finally stumbling across it, and uh, it's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. I I haven't binged th- a show like this since I, you know, finally discovered the Goldbergs. I'm like, oh my god, like this is so great. Yeah, highly recommend yeah, well- it if you like uh, Aya Cash. She was uh, on the Boys. She played Stormfront. Uh, she was in a band uh, in a show called "I Am the Worst." There's five seasons up on Hulu, and it's fucking hilarious. Get on it. Um, cool, man. Well, I guess I'll yeah. e- edit this piece of shit and put it out on Monday. <laughs> and uh, you know that way the the fan base will be fed with uh, us talking about Ford Fairlane. <laughs> I gotta see it. How many other shows have tackled it? I don't even know if that show. How did it get? How did this get made? It probably not. Showing. No, but, no. Yeah. They're too busy uh, doing uh, Children of the Corn Genesis. It was such nice. a nice movie that it didn't even make a show that's just about bad movies. Yeah, they haven't even <laughs> yeah. touched it yet. They haven't even touched it. Uh cool, man. I guess I will yeah. talk to you guys towards like the end of the uh, the month, and you know we'll uh, chop it yeah, up I guess- on that. Probably what? What before? Uh, probably within next two weeks, right? We'll probably. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So I, I got to get cool. it out before the year's over. All right. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. All right. All right. Later. Later. Later, guys.